Sting's release of Sing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you suck. You suck. <laughs> I know. Okay, one more time. Ready? Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Taxi! Taxi! Where to, pal? Spearsy land. And make it snappy. No problem. Six hours cross-country in a middle seat? This podcast staff party better be epic. Here you go. Thanks, man. Keep the change. Hello? Hey, Brad. Steve, what the? I thought there was going to be a party. You got a bar? Well, not really a bar, a bottle of wild turkey, but where's the food? Where are the people? I was promised little Smokies. I sent them all away. They mean nothing to me. Nobody likes the new show now. They keep asking, where's Sean? How are we going to tell them the truth that, you know, Sean's... What happened to Sean? I I don't want to know. But I do know I didn't fly all the way out here to attend a wake. Ironic that you use those words. And what are you listening to? You told me you conned Wang Chung into being the house band. This dreck is sucking all the oxygen out of the room. Hang on. I have just the thing. No, no, no. Don't touch it. It's, It's perfect. Perfect? No. No. Trust me. Trust me, buddy. This is going to make it better. Just, just sit down. Let me get you some ice for the wild turkey. There you go. Just, you just relax. Okay. Huh. Maybe I'll switch to Jen and Fresca. It's a Christmas miracle. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the Eves. It's your host, Steve Spears, and today on the show, the 25th anniversary of A Very Special Christmas. Joy to the world! With me as always, he's my little elf, he's my technical guru, Brad in L.A. I think that for this show, Steve, you should be saying ho-ho, not hey-hey. Thought about it. In fact, uh, let the record show that in the 20 takes that it took to begin the show, there were more ho-hos than hey-hays. Well, there are a lot of other words, too. but Yeah, none of which are repeatable now. God, the outtake for the show will be longer than this show. And probably funnier. Yeah, harsh but fair. Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown, four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny K. So, so the audio quality turns out okay. People can actually hear the new show through Skype. Yeah. You know, the reason I think that Steve was worried about the 
the audio quality there was his first microphone looked like he'd stolen it off of a speak and spell. No, I was actually using a speak and spell or a Merlin. Remember the Merlins? Yeah, I don't think those had a microphone. They just looked like a phone. Uh, you know what I used to do with my Merlin? This is, I swear to God, it, it's also, it kind of ties into the show too because um, it was a Christmas present back when I was probably 12, 13 years old. Yeah. I, I learned how to um, play the Olympic uh, fanfare. I used to play that on Merlin. <laughs> took me two years, but it was time well spent. Well, time to call NBC. We get you yeah. another gig here. Yeah, I know. I should have saved it. It was that good. But anyway, we are gathered here today uh, under the mistletoe to talk about uh, a very special Christmas, which celebrates its 25th um, anniversary this month. Um, quick question to Brad in L.A. Do you own this album? I do. Really? I don't. I've never, I've never owned it. Yeah, I don't think I ever owned Well... My wife probably had it on cassette. We have it on CD. Right, right. Sort of, a, sort of a very special cover. I mean, everyone knows the cover of it. Sure. And um, designed by? Uh, I don't remember. I'm an engineer, not an artist. Artwork provided by the great Keith Haring, of course. Yeah, it's an iconic cover. But is the music is the music iconic? That's what we're here today to decide once and for all. I say... Not so much. Brad says, I think it is the best Christmas album of the 80s. Yeah, and here's where we differ because I say album schmalbum. I think about when I think the 80s and, and Christmas, I think singles. I think Wham, Last Christmas. I think Christmas rapping by uh, the, waitresses. the waitresses. But but the point Brad's making is album. And seeing as I can't name another one, I'm going to go along with you on this one. <laughs> You know, this is where it pays to be pedantic. I mean, I, I agree with you that uh, that there are singles that are better '80s Christmas songs, but as you say, they're not collected in one place right. like this. So, give us some of the background of this album. Okay, so it was the brainchild of Jimmy Iovine, who you might have heard of, a famous producer. Uh, his father had passed away, and he wanted to do something as a memorial, and uh, so he decided he wanted to do this charity album. And his wife actually suggested Special Olympics. His wife, Vicki Iovine, who you, the female listeners, all seven of them, have heard of because she wrote a lot of the girlfriend guides to pregnancy and that kind of stuff. Uh, she suggested Special Olympics because she was on the board. Um, and it has, the series has raised over $100 million for Special Olympics over the last 25 years. You say series. How many albums are in the series now? There are nine. Nine? Including, yeah, including the two that were released this year for the 25th anniversary. There were two released. Are they? Are, what are the re-releases of the original? Or are they just new no? Stuff? No, they're new. They're new stuff. They're all new stuff. They're finding new artists to do songs. I'm not sure if they have started reusing the classics again. There are only so many Christmas songs to sing, but uh, there are quite a few in the series. Here's here's my here's my quibble with a, a very special Christmas. There's only one song on the entire album that's brand new, and we'll get to that one in a minute. But for the most part, you have 10 tracks, all Christmas classics, all recorded by the bands that we loved from the 80s. So I, I love that. So you have the Rhythmics and Whitney Houston and the Pretenders and, and uh, John Mellencamp. But there are songs that Perry Como did, you know. Well, it's, I mean, come on. There are songs that everybody did. They're, 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 they're Christmas songs, Steve. There are know, only but, so many. But when, but when you 2 takes the time to record a Christmas song, don't you think – wouldn't you want – Bono to come up with a new one? That would have been nice, sure, but I'm not averse to the classics at Christmas time. I, I guess I guess the point I'm missing too is that hey, 
This was for charity. Bono's not going to write. He's not going to go to his castle and, and whip up a new tune. Just and, and to, give it away. And then give it away. He's going to record, you know, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, which I do love. You know, I also love the 30 other versions of it that have been recorded over, over history. Um, and U2 doesn't stand out for any reason. But I guess – I guess I I guess I'm I'm being kind of Grinch like in the sense that I can honestly say I never need to hear Santa Claus is coming to town again, even if it's by the Pointer Sisters, and and I surely never need to hear uh, I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus, especially if it's by John Cougar Mellencamp. understand but there's something about something you said a minute ago that um, it's basically exactly like all the other versions to me it's a little strange but that's kind of comforting i think that's i'm not looking for these artists to reinterpret these things but some of them did but some of them did i mean yeah and we'll talk about that right right and i misspoke when i said there's 10 there's actually 15 i'm so bad now with my note-taking that i i missed the genius of backdoor santa by bon jovi and the poetic uh, uh, spin that Brian Adams gives to Run Rudolph Run. You know, Backdoor Santa is the one that was replaced, too. I don't think I've ever heard that because it was only on the original pressings. If you go to YouTube. It was YouTube, replaced with yeah. some other Bon Jovi song, which is equally delightful. I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't use the old, I rented Backdoor Santa once. <laughs> Not what I was expecting. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. God, I missed that joke. So, okay, let's, let's start. Let's make it easy. Um, Give me one song on this album that you defend to your dying Christmas breath. Okay. Uh, Sting's Gabriel's Message. The angel Gabriel from heaven came. His wings as drifted snow, his eyes as flame. Oh, hail said he, the holy Excellent song by Sting. I'm starting to take back some of the venom that I spewed earlier. It is a uh, it's a traditional Basque carol, and I think it stands out on the album. It's uh, probably the closest thing to something that kind of traditional liturgical music that you would hear. One of the things you don't know about me, Steve, is my mother is a church organist and has been since she was a very young lady. Wow. And so I grew up with you know hearing a lot of this kind of music, and it's just I don't know I like it. It's something I enjoyed. Something you didn't know about me, Brad, is that as a young boy, I used to take organ lessons as myself. So I could have either followed your mom's uh, and uh, gone and played for a church, or I could have worked in a pizza parlor. Well, you know, or maybe a ballpark if you really hit the big time. I chose none of them. I, I chose to, to form a podcast instead, and gee, wasn't that a great decision? The world is better off for it? <laughs> Not really. Hey, here's something. Here's a question. Okay, so you, you mentioned that this is a traditional Basque carol, which automatically the you know the bs alarms go off because I'm, I'm sure none of us can name another traditional bass carol but here's my point isn't sting uh, isn't there something about the sheep and the sheep and the other sheep 
again, I rented that. Not what I expected. Sting, though, Sting is not a religious dude. No. This is a very religious song. And Sting, isn't he ag- agnostic? Yeah. I mean, and yeah, this is the, the text of the song is straight from the, straight from the Gospels. Um, but he actually, he said in an interview, what I believe in is the human imagination. Religion is a product of that, just like literature or music. So to deny religion is to deny part of what it means to be human. I don't believe for a second that Mary had a baby and stayed a virgin. But it's a magical story, and it has power. Okay, well, if he, <laughs> who am I to, uh, to debate Sting on that point? But I, no, I, I, I thought it was interesting because it was something that I had thought about too, and that's kind of why you know, we went looking for this quote. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it is probably, to me, the most powerful song on the album, but not the most entertaining. Do you want to hear the most entertaining song on the album? Yes, I do. Well, then hit it. My friend, I give you the great run DMC. A true classic. It is a true classic. When you hear this, you think Christmas, and you think Christmas in the 80s. It's not Christmas at the Williams house until this plays. Right, right. Uh, This track was, of course, produced by the great Rick Rubin. Um, It reached – here's something really odd about it. it, To me, it's synonymous with the 80s, the late 80s, obviously, since this came out in 87. But 13 years after this song was released, it actually made the charts again. In the year 2000, it has been featured in movies such as uh, it was in Die Hard, if you remember. It was in yep. Less Than Zero. I mean, every two or three years, this song comes back to us in a movie because it's so iconic. It even samples Backdoor Santa, which, of course, Bon Jovi plays on this, but it samples the 1968 version by Clarence Carter. Another piece of trivia that you might not realize, Steve, because I've been doing my homework, I'll ask you a quick question. How many Stuck in the 80s Christmas shows have used this song in the introduction? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, how many – have we done a Christmas show every year? No. Really? We skipped? Yeah. Huh. wonder why we did that. Uh, that's odd. Um, big Grinch. Uh, I'm going to say we used it three times. Counting today, that is correct. Yes! We used it. I'm trying, okay, I'm trying to guess. We would have used it. I think the very first year we did a show with Gina. Wasn't Gina in the first Christmas show? Yep. And yeah, that's a good show. And and I think we were just talking about singles. Mm-hmm. So we would have been talking about the other songs I mentioned earlier. And then did what, what was the second one we did? What was the second Christmas show we did? It was uh, it was another Christmas show. I don't remember exactly what the subject was, but I I gave it a listen this week just to make sure we weren't running over too much of the same ground. Was again. it was it Christmas presents and stuff, or was it no uh, Christmas movies? Um, I don't remember. I listened to it the other day while I was light putting lights on my tree. So it's you know yeah right. a lot of bloody, so just, lot of bloody Marys. Yeah, God, you sent me a text last night. He sends me a text last night. I go I go to bed last night stone sober, very responsible because I had a very big day at work today, 
And and what do I? What do my wandering eyes do appear? But a glass of gin and eight tiny reindeer. I mean, there was a little glass of straight gin and ice that you were like dangling in front of your sparkly Christmas tree. That's what I wake well, up to this morning. You want a nice backdrop for your picture? <laughs> I worked hard on that tree. There's no. There's not a single bit of Christmas in the Spears apartment right now. There's nothing. I have like a little tiny Christmas tree and stuck in a box in the closet right next to me. There's there's I mean the only thing green around here is the is the milk in the fridge. And and your skin, Mr. Grinch. Perhaps yeah, your bit. heart can grow three sizes this day. Yeah, my heart better not grow any more sizes. There are gonna be problems if you know what I mean. <laughs> Jeez. Here's I'll give I'll give you one more uh, piece of uh trivia about um Christmas and Hollis. Um True or false, this is the first Christmas rap song of all time. True. False. Uh, 1979, Curtis Blow's Christmas Rappin' became the first hip-hop song released on a major level. 1982, okay. Christmas Rappin' also by the uh, the Waitresses. By also. the Waitresses? Uh, that's that a rap? Yeah, come on. That's talking over music. Yeah. It's just bad singing. It's not rapping. Oh, don't be. Come on. Oh, I like it. I like it. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I just, I'm not sure I call it rapping. It's just like I'm not sure that Debbie Harry is rapping in Rapture. I guess she's closer to rap. Anyway, yeah. she's more rapping okay. than the Christmas rap. We've, we've had our fun now. We've been, we've been very, um, uh, very Christian towards the, the songs we like. Now I think it's time to uh, take some shots of the songs we don't like. So give me a song uh, on this album that you think really doesn't deserve to be there. I do not like Stevie Nicks' version of Silent Night. Yeah, I, you know I'm going to agree with you, but I'm going to make this point: Is there any version of Silent Night that you like? Yeah, there is, uh, but it probably isn't recorded. Um, you know, let me get, let me tell you why I don't like this. Okay, fine. Um, first, I don't particularly care for Stevie Nicks. What? So we got that to start with, uh, but it's fine for like the first 45 seconds or so. But then she starts this "Let me make it mine," and I'm doing all this, you know, vocal calisthenics and adding verses in a little counterpoint stuff like just get out of the way of the song it's a beautiful song just sing the song it's it's kind of like the the you know if someone's invited to sing the national anthem someplace and they got to dress it up like no just sing it i guess but you're stevie nicks if you if she just sang it we'd be sitting here going she should have made it her own well, I wouldn't be saying that, but that's because I'm a hidebound traditionalist. I guess. I guess. It's kind of sad. I'll give you that one. Can I give you can I take a shot now? Bring it. This one by Madonna. Santa baby, slip the sable under the tree for me. Being an awful good girl, Santa baby, and hurry down the chimney tonight. Baby, an outer space convert 
beautiful too, light blue. I'll wait up for you, dear Santa baby, and hurry down the chimney tonight. I know why you don't like this, but I think you might be wrong. Is there one reason? Is there one just one reason why I can't like this? It's A, it's Madonna, who I don't like, period. And a squealy, ridiculous voice. It's it is so Madonna in the eighties though. It is it so captures that. But if she's saying it's sexy like you know, I, I don't make me try to be Madonna acting sexy. But let, but let's just imagine it. You know, take two seconds in your mind. Imagine Madonna being sexy and singing that song. And then suddenly I'm interested. But the little squealy, uh, you know, fourteen year old version. You know, no, no, thank no. you. No. Well, I don't know. When I hear it, it feels very 80s to me because it's not Madonna who's writing, you know, children's books. It's not Madonna who has put on a British accent. Yeah. It's 80s Madonna. Well, it's late 80s Madonna, what, about the same time she did Who's That Girl? Yeah. Where, where everything was that horrible screechy sound. So I guess there's just a, I have a certain fondness for it because of its place and time. You know what I'm fond of at a certain place and time? The, the Seggies. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. God, how I've missed this, Seggy. It's missed you, too. Yeah. I, you know, but it was getting a little bit difficult towards the end trying to find uh, movies that I could put on here that nobody uh, has heard of or had seen. I remember the DC Cab one that nobody got for like two months. Well, you know, you're 275 episodes in. You're trying to find stuff that people have heard of, but you haven't already used. I think, yeah, and I think we have repeated a couple. Here and there. Oh, that's from Koyaanisqatsi by uh, <laughs> soundtracks by Philip Glass, of course. Of course. Anyway, you know the drill. I'll play a snippet of a of a movie from the eighties. If you can get it right next week, Brad, Brad from L.A. will read your name, hopefully in one take. But I'm not betting on it. A man can dream. <laughs> Pay attention. Here it comes. It is important to remember the true meaning of Christmas. If you know it, email us at. Here we go. SIT80s at gmail.com. That doesn't sound right. But it is right. SIT80s? SIT80s at sign G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. There you go. And then maybe we'll call you a wiener. Ah, the mystical refrain of name that 80s tune. Hey, again, the drill is very, very simple. I'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s if you get it right. You know, the old days we used to give away band stickers, uh, courtesy of the great uh, Spit Valve McGee in uh, Wisconsin, but we're out of those. I know a guy that used to send you Funyuns occasionally, too. <laughs> Until they went stale. You know what, <laughs> he was mental. You know what's funny? The, the box of leftover Funyuns. You know how I told you that we I hid them from Daly? There were leftover Funyuns? Oh, God, yeah. I hid them because literally he, would, he was eating like five bags a day. I sent I sent you guys like four cases. Or I know something it's ridiculous. ridiculous. It, for the long for a while, I had him underneath the, my desk at work, and uh, but he would come over constantly, and he would like eat five bags a day, and then he would steal all my gum because his breath would smell like onions. <laughs> so the only way I was going to preserve my gum supply was to move the funyuns, and so I moved them to another cubicle where no one sit where was sitting. And what's funny is right now there's still no one sitting there. The, your four cases of Funyuns are still rotting under a desk at the old uh, St. Pete Times. Well, it's good to know that they'll be there in case of emergencies. So, Oh, no. I, I ate one before I left, and it was just like, oh, God. They had the consistency of green beans. So try, <laughs> trust me. 
I would think those are kind of an infinite shelf life food. Yeah. Are they not? Stale? No, I, there's something. They turn stale after a while. Trust me. Oh my god, awful, awful. Um, anyway, pay attention. Here comes this week's mystery song. If you know it, email us again, sitas at gmail.com, and maybe we'll send you some Funyuns next week. Here we go, new Seggy time. I'm still not sure I understand the name of this. Stuck in the Stuck in the 80s? Is that what we're calling this? Stuck in Stuck in the 80s? Stuck in Stuck in the 80s? Okay, yeah, it's it's, not, it's still very meta. I know it's going to catch on eventually. Hey, the the deal here is that we know that you love um, the last two hundred and seventy five shows a whole lot more than you're loving this one. <laughs> so uh, what we've gone done and done is we've gone back to the catalog and we found some of our favorite stories of yesteryear about yesteryear. You're right; it just keeps going, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, we're gonna re- we'll replay them here each week. And, and if you have one to suggest, email us uh, again with that that very clever email address. But in the meantime, uh, Brad picked out this week's uh, Stuck in the Stuck in the 80s. And what's it about? This is a clip from the first holiday podcast. It's, I think, number 21. It's you and uh, Gina and Sean talking about favorite Christmas presents you got during the 80s. And actually, this particular tale, this section, is you, Mr. Spears, talking about uh, how your parents would give you a smaller version of your big gift and then you'd have to go hunt it down. My nice parents night. used to have this thing where every year if I would get one big present, you know, one theme present, and they would give me like a small version of it somewhere. Like, so I would get one year I got like a little tiny um, pair of roller skates on a keychain thing, which was an indicator that somewhere in the house were the real roller skates. Oh, that's yeah. cute. So that was like their big spiel during the 80s that they would always do. And then um, when I turned 16, the one thing I wanted more than anything was a Jeep, you know, Jeep Renegade. Uh-huh. So I'm opening all my presents, and I, sure enough, I get a little bottle of uh, cologne that's in the shape of a Jeep. And so I'm freaking out, going, I got a Jeep, I got a Jeep. Oh, and like, uh, no, you didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, they were totally against me ever riding Aww. or driving or owning a Jeep. They always thought they were going to flip over. But. Did you ever find a miniature version of the gift, and you're like, eh, I don't really want to look for this one. <laughs> you know what? I'll just keep it hidden. Oh, uh, man, my roller skates. The roller skates to me still to this day, everyone has a favorite Christmas present ever, the roller skates. Viking boots with blue devil wheels. Wow. wow. Were those Sweet. like really good skates? Oh, my God. Those were like, uh, the, the like professional-level skates back then. Oh, that's cute. That's a great story. That's a nice tradition. Um, I can't say that I'm still continuing it anymore. Uh, Mom, is it putting a little uh, single-serving Jack Daniels in a bag oh, for you to go find nice. the whole bottle? I have a... Uh, in case you're wondering, yeah, it is a strictly a strawberry soda affair tonight, but I do have a a big bottle of Evan Williams, not not wild turkey, mm. because even Santa needs a, a discount every once in a while. We'll be right back after this break. Tuscan low-fat frozen yogurt presents Buddy Hackett. He'll knock three times. He's here. Here are the Tuscan Pops. Tuscan Pops. Tuscan low-fat frozen yogurt on a stick. Vanilla chocolate strawberry. Plain and chocolate coated. Hide them. What do I want with Tuscan Pops? Because Tuscan Pops are lower in calories than ice cream. And much lower in fat. If the authorities come, get rid of the evidence. You may never eat ice cream again. Yourself a 
we're back so steve if you don't like traditional christmas songs and that you want something fresh uh give me some 80s christmas songs that you do like well i mean wham's last christmas for some reason i and i think it was just remade this year by a couple different people you know george michael did not realize he was writing a taylor swift song when he did that (laughs) but turns out he was and i you know what i love that song I love that song. It is a total guilty pleasure. That's I don't think it's guilty at all. I mean, I think that's straight up a good song. But I mean It's it's so sappy. Oh my gosh. But like I said, I like it. Um I would say also Bob and Doug McKenzie's Twelve Days of Christmas. Um to me every song has an attachment. Like when I when I hear it again, I remember where I was the first time I saw it or heard it. And if it, if I don't have that attachment, then I don't have then I don't have any attachment. So so that's my problem. My problem with a yeah. very special Christmas is that it came out in 1987, so I would have been in college. Yeah, you and I were both exactly. mid- in college. Was I wasn't on, spending my money on Christmas you know, eggnog. You know, I could ask – oh, here's my ear- earliest memory yeah. of you, – you, about that same time was the first time someone had ever given me eggnog. was at a Christmas party, and it was 1987, and it was at my fraternity house, and um, I'd heard of eggnog. I didn't know it was alcoholic. Or not alcoholic, <laughs> and I didn't know. Well, it and, depends. And yeah, it depends. At my fraternity house, we 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 uh, in the south we use bourbon, and we use a lot of bourbon as God intended. And I just remember, yeah, <laughs> and I do remember like making it about halfway through that party, and then like settling in for a long winter's nap. <laughs> I think on the couch with a glass <laughs> with a glass in my hand, you know, like I was, too, you yeah. know, like like weekend at Bernie's, you know, like I'm Bernie. <laughs> and nobody and nobody realized it for hours that I had I had passed out. So that that to me is my most vivid memory of 1987, and not not this album so much. <laughs> I mean, I think that this album is the you know again maybe there aren't a lot of challengers for the best Christmas album of the 80s just when you look at the artist lineup. But if you you know the Christmas music that I listened to, well, growing up. My parents are both classically trained musicians, so it was a lot of Handel's Messiah and stuff like that. But the kind of popular Christmas music, I mean, you go back to the 70s and you get maybe some uh, yeah. Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass or, <laughs> you know, John Denver. Uh, you know, then you get into the 80s. You know, I don't know what there is. Amy Grant had a couple Christmas yeah. albums, I think, but that's pointed at a pretty specific Well, when you think about it, here's the, the deal. Market. Normally, you don't record a Christmas album until much later in your career. So, like, I think Ario Speedwagon has recorded yeah. a uh, Christmas album. I think uh, Twisted Sister has. I think, I know Richard Marks just released one uh, last week. All these artists that we loved in the 80s, they were too cool being themselves to record eight Christmas music for the most part. So you might get, like, one song yeah, like Sting doing that carol. Right, right, right. But for the most part, every band that you love from the 80s has probably done a Christmas album now. It just wasn't in the 80s. You know, Go back and look, I promise you. Well, and most of them are pretty mediocre. I mean, honestly, I think most Christmas albums are, hey, let's do these standards. We can bang this out in a day. Everybody knows these songs. It will be done before lunch, and we'll make yeah. you know some money on this so we can pay for the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. Look at that. Escargot. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were quoting Trading Places. I was. Which, by the way, 
one of the best Christmas movies there ever was. Uh, it's a movie with a kind of a glancing blow of Christmas. Yeah. So, hey, 25 years later, it's still an album worth owning, Brad says. It's still an album worth ignoring, I say. You be the judge yourself. There's nine uh, full albums, and they all go to a great cause. So uh, it's money well spent in any case uh, for Special Olympics. Uh, Brad, any special plans for Christmas this year? Uh, no, actually, we're staying home this year. Last year, we went to see my mom in Oklahoma. Uh, this year, we'll be at home, and Katie's family's coming to see us. So we'll have a house full. Yeah, I'll have a house full here in Orlando, so I'm looking forward to that. In the meantime, we wish uh, everyone out there in Stuck in Land happy holidays. And while you wait for our next show, we'll be here, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. Through the years, we all will be The fates alive Hang a shining star Upon the highest fire And have yourself Man!